Hey everybody and welcome to Breaking Biotech, the podcast where we talk about all things biotech. My name is Matt and thank you so much for coming. Today we're going to talk about Ionis Pharmaceuticals and Axia, their uh, affiliate company, and their drug Wave Libra, Wave Libra, and Valan- or Valanisorcin, if you want to call it that. And we're going to talk about this complete response letter that they received and uh, what sort of implication it's going to have for the future of the company and whether or not this might be a good opportunity to buy. So... Uh, if you're new coming to watch me, please like, subscribe, or tell a friend. And if you're an audio-only listener, uh, please leave me a review on iTunes or wherever you happen to listen to the podcast. It would definitely help me out. So let's get into it. Uh, Ionis Pharmaceuticals. These guys have made a pretty much pioneered antisense therapy for uh, different sorts of treatments. And for those who aren't familiar with antisense treatment, Basically, in order to produce a protein in the cell, the mRNA that gets transcribed from the DNA can only do it if it's a single-stranded. So if you're able to get a complement to that mRNA strand into the cell, it'll bind to all the mRNAs for that specific gene, and the complex will then move on to be degraded, or the uh, translation of it will be halted wherever the double-stranded area starts. So uh, if you can get these oligonucleotides in the cell, then you're, you'll be able to influence the, the gene product of that. And when it comes to genetic diseases that have a mutation, so a protein that's, nor, that's produced in these patients that is deleterious, uh, you can, if you use this technology to stop the production of that mutant protein, then you'll, you'll be able to alter the, the course of the disease. So uh, this company, along with some of their affiliate companies, Axia being one of them, is uh, is doing this, and the Axia company is is going through with uh, treatment of familial chylomicronemia syndrome, which is a condition of hypertriglyceride of high triglycerides in the blood, and they have a an oligonucleotide that binds to oh god what's it called it's an antisense to the apolipoprotein C3, so. Uh, binding of this apolipoprotein C3 happens to reduce uh, blood triglycerides. And so this company thought, you know, what if they tried this in patients that have a condition of, high tri- of hypertriglyceridemia? And they did that in these FCS patients, and they saw that it does substantially reduce the triglycerides in the blood. So great news, right? And uh, so this is their, their pitch, and this is what they're trying to get approval for. And they saw really good data from their phase three uh, study here. The drop in triglycerides was about 77%. Uh, Let's just see here. Just so I'm being clear. Right, so this one here. So when they treat treat valanosaurcin in uh, in patients with FCS, and they have a very high level of triglycerides in their blood, it goes up to about 2,500 milligrams per deciliter, whereas the normal people have triglycerides of about under 150 milligrams per deciliter. So in the treatment group, they saw a 77% reduction. So if you do the math, or they did the math here, it drops 1,712. So they're probably left above 150 milligrams per deciliter, but it's significantly reduced from uh, baseline, which is great. So they, they also see a decrease in, uh, in 
certain clinical outcomes of pancreatitis events, even though there's not really a huge, um, you know, in, in the amount of time span that they do the study, it didn't seem like there was a lot of pancreatitis events, but they did see a reduction there, and uh, they saw a reduction in pain. It's a subjective measure, but it still shows that there's a difference, so, so that's all great. So it seems like something like this wouldn't have too much trouble getting through the FDA review panel, especially since in May they had a advisory committee review and a majority of them voted that yes, this drug should be approved uh, in order to treat the, these patients. But what ended up happening is, so this is the advisory committee me meeting report. It's, uh, it's huge, 200 pages. Uh, if you're really curious about how this whole thing goes down, you should definitely take a look at it and just skim through it. It's very long, it's very dry, but it gives you an idea on how the FDA goes through all this stuff. So they ended up receiving a complete response letter from the FDA in uh, the 27th, so the last week sometime, and this led to a huge drop in their stock. So this is uh, what we were seeing here. And in this response letter, it uh, says, well, we don't know what the response letter says. They haven't provided the details, but they did say that uh, the FDA is going to deny their their drug approval, the approval of Waylevra, and uh, you know, so, so usually there's a there's a path to approval if they're able to show certain things, but we really don't know if that's going to be the case. So uh, I, I've in reading the phase three report and uh, some of the papers and and this FDA committee advisory report, there's a couple things that that are particularly noteworthy of this to sort of make an estimation of whether or not there is a path forward to approval through the FDA. So one thing that was particularly noteworthy, bear with me here, was this. So in a previous study, they, they found that actually some, for some reason these patients have a weird amount of platelets. Some of them have thrombocytopenia, which is a decrease in platelets compared to the average, and some of them have thrombocytosis, which is an increase in platelets. And for some reason, this antisense therapy leads to a decrease in platelets in patients. And it's not restricted to this FCS population group. Patients that seem to get antisense therapy have a get a decrease in platelets for a certain period of time. So what ended up happening when patients got this therapy is the patients that were thrombocytopenic that had a decrease in platelets, uh, had a further and dangerously low amount of platelets when they were treated with uh, Waylevra. I think I was saying Waylevra before, but it's Waylevra or Valanosaurcin. Uh, so the, these patients were, were marked as severe adverse events and had to be dropped from the study. So they ended up, uh, let's way down here. Study is huge. A lot, of, a lot of slides here. They saw... So five treatment-related or possibly treatment-related severe adverse events. No deaths, but some of them had to stop treatment uh, in order to correct the, the, the decrease in platelets that they saw. So this is an issue. Um, to, to treat patients, even though having high triglycerides comes with a lot of, of issues, obesity, pancreatitis, type 2 diabetes risk, cardiovascular disease, it's, it's not healthy to have high level of triglycerides for a long period of time. But if you're introducing a drug that is going to lead to a uh, high likelihood of bleeding, uh, a single severe bleeding event can kill you immediately. Whereas having high triglycerides 
is, is much less of a risk than being hemophilic, pretty much. So the FDA is probably worried about this. Uh, I'm writing in my in the article that I'm going to submit with this. You know, you can just triage patients, and I assume that if these patients are going to be monitored to any capacity, that that physicians are probably already looking at, at platelets. So all they need to do is put a label on it that says you cannot use this medication if your platelets are below X, and they're gonna these patients are going to require uh, platelet monitoring from their physician. And I think for any drug that is new, there's there's some post-market monitoring that goes on. And I think that it's not a huge leap to expect that Ionis would just be forced to do that if they're going to overcome this problem that, that the FDA has. And other things that patients are probably not too into are drugs that can promote platelet formation. Uh, there's drugs that are out there, but I don't know. I'm always suspicious of adding like a cocktail of therapy to patients when they might not be interested in it but of course you know the patient has the opportunity to decide for themselves if they want to do that and with the FDA not approving the drug it's really taking the the option from the patient which I don't think is necessarily fair but this is a, the regulatory environment that we live in so the other thing that I that I wrote is that the amount of dosing that has to occur in order to get a good effect might not be the minimum amount of dosing in order to get the amount of side effects. So if you reduce the amount of dosing that you give the patients, you might reduce the amount of platelet effects that you have here, but still get a good therapeutic effect in lowering triglycerides. So this would require another trial for them to, to check. So it's not in their best interest to do that, but if they were able to show that cutting the dosing in half uh, would still show some e efficacy, but reduce the amount of side effects regarding the these platelet issues, then they could overcome it that way. But this would require another another study, and I don't know if it's in Ionis' um, best interest to do that. So the other thing that I think the FDA is worried about is the clinical impact. So I talked a little bit last week about uh, secondary endpoints or surrogate endpoints. Yeah, not secondary, I mean surrogate endpoints. And it's basically using an endpoint that's easier to measure rather than doing a, a lar larger scale, full scale study that measures the, the actual functional endpoint that you want. So lowering triglycerides in the blood is only uh, relevant if that lowering corresponds with a good clinical outcome. And when we say clinical outcome, we mean does it reduce all the pancreatitis offense? Does it reduce the obesity associated with high triglycerides? Does it reduce the cardiovascular risk associated with high triglycerides in the blood? So reducing triglycerides 77%, that might not actually change the amount of obesity that these patients have. It might not change the number of pancreatitis events that these patients have. So what the FDA is worried about, and rightfully so, is that if valanosaurin is able to reduce triglycerides to about 500, is that going to actually reduce the incidence of obesity in these patients? Is it going to reduce the number of pancreatitis events that occurs in these patients? And uh, it's it's right for them to, to ask these questions, but you know it's it's very costly for them to do these long-term studies that look at this. So what they've done in this third, in this phase three clinical trial is they looked at pain, which is a good uh, measure, and they've also looked at the number of pancreatitis events. Now, given the short-term nature of this study, is it fair to say that, you know, in the placebo, they've only seen four events, but Valanosaurin 
it's only one. So has the study been done long enough in order for them to see whether or not that's a meaningful change? So in order to actually overcome this, what the company's going to have to do is do a long-term study that's going to take more than 52 weeks in order for them to get a good uh, measure of how many pancreatitis events are, are normally seen within a two or three year period and see whether or not Valanosaurcin decreases that to a significant degree. So they, they might be looking at other things besides pancreatitis that are associated with hydroglycerides like uh, obesity or like type 2 diabetes. Um, they might want to see whether or not Valanosaurcin can decrease the incidence of that in these patients. So those are the two things that uh, I think are particularly noteworthy from from this complete response letter, and in in the great uh, the big picture, if we look at it, you know this disease affects only about five thousand people worldwide. So this isn't like a huge revenue stream for Ionis. Uh, it's a bigger deal for Axia because I think that's their their big product. But uh, in terms of the technology, I think having this technology approved is important for them to show that it's it's safe and if and it's able to show some efficacy in in patients and i mean they've shown efficacy but they want to show a clinical outcome but i think uh, it's more for them to get a greater scale approval of antisense therapy from the medical community so this company isn't going to be hindered long term by the this denial letter since they have a huge pipeline so Ionis has a lot going on. They, they're looking at diseases for, or they're looking at, at antisense therapies for things like NASH. They're, they have partnerships with Biogen for a bunch of things. Their currently FDA-approved treatment is Spinraza, and that's for uh, spinal muscular atrophy. It's the only treatment that's available for that drug, even though Avexis has a therapy that's going through right now. But I think uh, the company itself has a, has a very bright future, and I think if anybody's looking to get exposure to a company that's pretty much blazing a trail for the antisense therapy, this is definitely a good opportunity to buy. So I, uh, I, I'm not going to make a decision right now on whether I want to jump in, but I think uh, itself is a, is a good story, and the company itself seems pretty sound in terms of the health of their pipeline and, uh, and what's to come. So... So not sure if I'm going to jump in, but I, uh, I don't think it's a bad idea for anybody uh, else to do it. This isn't going to be a make or break. I don't know if this deep drop in market cap here is justified given the amount of, given the few amount of patients that actually have the disease. So the income stream that they're expecting from this isn't gigantic, but I think it's more just uh, an overall, they, they want this, this type of therapy to get into as many patients as possible. And, uh, and they've also, so what, what I'm kind of curious about as well is whether or not they're going to try and use this antisense therapy for other types of conditions that involve high triglycerides. So things like uh, NASH or a lot of these HEFH patients, they, uh, they have high cholesterol, but uh, I'm not too sure, actually I should have looked into this, but I'm not too sure if they have an associated high level of triglycerides. I would assume it's, uh, it's increased. And um, whether or not an antisense treatment might be helpful for them in improving their clinical outcomes could be useful. So I wonder if, if they're, they started with this syndrome because it's clearly a disease of high triglycerides and whether or not they're looking to move into other types of diseases associated with high triglycerides 
um, after this. But with the, the issue of the platelets and the clinical outcomes, they're going to have a little bit more work to do. But I think long term they'll overcome this. And I think that their pipeline definitely makes them uh, makes me confident that they're going to be able to succeed in the future, even if this doesn't end up working out. So that's my uh, opinion on the on Ionis and Axia. And uh, yeah, we'll see what they have going on next. So a quick update from the portfolio. We are, everybody moved up. So the XBI did uh, pretty well in the last week, as well as my portfolio. I'm still about a few percent uh, below the XBI. And I think that's largely due to Atomis. And uh, yeah, so they're, they're getting crushed. They're probably one of the most shorted biotech stocks right now, but I am uh, holding. Didn't see too much of a pump in Esperion, which I was, uh, well, we saw a little bit, but, but not gigantic. I'm still holding on to them because I think that uh, they still have a bright future ahead. Uh, otherwise, uh, Magical hasn't been doing too much. Uh, Fate's been increasing a little bit, and uh, that's exciting to see. Spark, no change. BMY, no big change. And Bluebird's been going up as well. So it seems like the CAR-T gene therapy companies have been going up a little bit. So with that, I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you guys so much for watching, and uh, let me know, leave me a comment. Throw me a like or subscribe if you like what I'm doing, and please leave me a review. And with that, uh, we'll see you next time.